Hey everybody, my name's Chris. This is Men's Modern Dating Secrets, episode number 13. And what I wanna talk about today is what's your social game plan? Let's say you have been, like a lot of people, indoors for quite some time, and now you're like, hey, I wanna get out there, or, or maybe you're even just kinda of concerned, let's be honest, at this point, and you're like, I don't know if I wanna get out there. I'm a little bit uh, nervous. I haven't been social in quite some time. Well. In this video, I'm gonna walk through the steps of going from wherever you're at right now. Let's say you're, you haven't been social in a while, or let's just say it, it has nothing to do with the, the past events of the last couple of years, but uh, for whatever reason, you just haven't been social or you're coming into a new phase of your life, and now is a time that you want to be social. Well, from my perspective, it's one of the best possible times that you actually can be social. There's, there's so many opportunities for somebody who wants to go out, wants to make new friends, wants to meet women to date, to go out and do just that because we've all been socially isolated for the last year or so. A lot of people are really craving human connection again and a lot of people have sort of forgotten how to do it. So if you get to be that person who can step in, step up and create that um, that connection that people are missing and needing and really craving in their lives, it's, it's better than ever before to do it. And the bar is lower than ever before to do it. So this is sort of that perfect storm of events for the people who have always sort of questioned how socially capable they were to actually go out there, give it a chance, and you will be greatly rewarded for it. And I think as we see the world continue to turn more towards technology, towards dating apps and things like that, the people who have social skills are actually able to interact in person are going to have a massive advantage because I'm going to, I expect to see people's skills in person. I've already noticed it in my own life with people that I've engaged with that it does seem like people's uh, social skills are lowering. They're, they're just not as capable as they used to be. So for those people who are ready to step up and have a little bit of courage to get conversations going with strangers and things like that, there's such a big upside for you. And this video is gonna walk you through the practical game plan of how you can go from wherever you're at right now to being social with people, to building an actual group of people who could be your friends and like a, a social circle of your own and how to just meet strangers and, and start getting more social that way. Now, this isn't going to cover in depth how to uh, meet a girl and invite her out on a date or anything like that. I, I There has to be some limitations to how far we go with this with this training, but it will give you really what I see being the three steps of going from wherever you're at right now, whether you haven't left the house in quite some time or really haven't had many uh, many conversations with people in person. Two, maybe you are pretty conversational, but you know you feel like there's more to be learned. I think this can be an easy way to to make it easier for you to um, to bite off one chunk at a time. So I'm going to go through these three things, which are first. Uh, starting small, but doing it daily. So every single day, making sure that you're being a little bit social. And what I mean by a little bit social is it can be that you go to a coffee shop or you go to the grocery store and you have a brief conversation with the, the checkout person or the person behind the cash register. Like that is, it's, it's, it's certainly not probably where you want to end up, but it's enough to continue getting those social muscles going each day. And you can treat this just like if you were trying to get yourself in shape again, uh, or if you've never gotten in shape and now you want to get in shape, 
it would be the same thing. You go to the gym a little bit every day and it's that consistency over time while doing actions that are actually <laughs> that are actually serving you forward that is really going to make the big payoff. So, so the first piece is small steps. Next piece is really finding your social watering hole, finding your social groups that you like going to, whether daily, weekly, or monthly, and uh, and then really engaging and becoming a part of those. And then number three is also be, be able to reflect on what's working and what's not, and use this objectivity, this reflection time, not to beat yourself up, but to actually help you move forward, to take note of what's working, what's not working, and use that to inform you of what you need to learn next, what you need to test next, how you can improve moving forward. And so you can kind of take this and make it your own and become the, the, um, the experimenter of your own social success out there. So, all right, let's go into it. Number one, super important, start small. A little is gonna go a long way in the long run. So get excited for wherever you're at to get going. Now, if you haven't left the house in quite some time, just start going out. As long as you're comfortable from a health perspective, start going out to places where you're going to be around more people. And if it's too anxiety producing at the moment to begin very brief conversations with people or to hold eye contact with them or some of these other steps, that's fine. Start where you're at. So begin just by going to some social places. I I can think of times where I was in a funk for a little bit and I would go to a bar where I didn't talk to anyone. Maybe I talked to the bartender when I ordered a drink, but then I just stayed at that bar for a little while and started getting myself more comfortable in that environment. And then when I would go back the next time, it was less intimidating and over time that I could build up that that courage or the 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 comfort to begin conversations with strangers and other people and let myself uh, a little bit more out of my shell. I think people overestimate how much other people are paying attention to them and they underestimate how little they actually have to do in order to leave a good impression or in order to at least spark a conversation that could potentially be promising. I know when I used to lead a bunch of different social workshops, I would lead a, a class that was only an hour and a half long and people would come back after that class and say, hey, I, I made new friends, I got a date. And I didn't teach them everything that I know about conversations by any means. It was a few very basic pieces and they didn't learn all the things about how to be funny in just the right way, how to read body language and all these things, but it's because they didn't really need it. Most people, they don't need you to have all these things right. The people you're gonna naturally connect with and all of that, they're not gonna need you to be perfect and on every single, uh, every single part and time that you're doing something. So understand that in your head, most likely you are overestimating what people are going to think about anything you do or say, and you're underestimating how little you actually have to do to leave an impression on somebody. So let's bear that in mind as we get going. So number one, start making eye contact with people as you're going about your day, as you're walking, just start holding eye contact. And what I would encourage you to work up to is have them be the person who looks away first. So as you're walking down the street, hold eye contact with them. And then you, you'll see usually somebody will walk away at some point. They, they start feeling a little bit awkward with how long you're holding eye contact. But that's the first step. Just do that for a day or a couple of days. And as you get more and more comfortable with eye contact, I think you're gonna be impressed. I know when I first did this experiment 10 years ago, I was really 
intimidated by the concept of just holding eye contact with strangers. I was afraid they were going to like get in a fight with me. They're going to be argumentative toward me. I had all these fears. And when I did this exercise, I was surprised. I was surprised none of that happened. It, it was very different than what I expected. This is what you would call a mini social freedom exercise. You are beginning to expand your comfort zone of what you know to be possible within your own social uh, interactions with people. So that's number one. Just start making and holding eye contact with people and seeing how long you can hold it. And if you're noticing uh, discomfort and things like that, continue holding it because for now it's going to be really useful for you to practice and and build this muscle of holding eye contact with people. Now, number two is to practice smiling. So just practice as you're going about your day, smiling more, practice having conversations where you're smiling. This is something a lot of people don't do. It's actually pretty funny. Most people's default face is something like this. Right there, I didn't have any bad thoughts in my mind. I, I was just feeling like a normal human being, but my default expression was a little bit towards the negative. I looked a little serious. I didn't look like I was very happy. And so you're naturally gonna engage with more people if you look happy as you are going about your day, as you're going about the world. You'd be surprised how often as you're going and holding eye contact and smiling, people will smile back. People will head nod to you. And and the smile with head nod and eyebrow flash is like the perfect way to test if people are interested in you almost right away. It's a little bit more advanced. Um, I didn't even put it up here, but it is, it is something very useful to do. So we can call this a bonus. If you're up for it, you can start practicing this. I, it took me a month to get this down. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is the first thing that you need to practice, but I did spend a month several years ago practicing practicing this move where I didn't even like my my only rule was I could not begin a conversation with anybody they had to begin it with me by me giving friendly cues to cause them to want to engage with me and so the the easiest one the one where you can see people already interested in in beginning a conversation with you so might be useful practicing is when you see someone when you're close to them you're gonna you're gonna put on a smile and the easiest way i've found to put on a smile is to do a half laugh to myself so if you practice laughing laughing is going to naturally create a real smile for you and and so what i'm doing inside is i'm doing a mini laugh so a full laugh would be <laughs> right so now i've got these going i've got this going my, my face doesn't look the most pretty but it's serving the purpose that i want it to and then when I when I just do like a half laugh, so I'm kind of doing the inhale of what a laugh would be. Now I've got those there. I've got the smile on. And then when I see somebody, I'm going to do a, a, a head head nod with my head slightly tilted while I do an eyebrow flash. And the eyebrow flash is going to be just like uh, it's going to be a, a sixth of a second. It's going to be very quick. This is from the book The Like Switch by Jack Schaefer is where I got it. But I have seen other uh, other people in this in this world talk about the eyebrow flash as well and uh and so you're gonna do all of this at a single moment and you can practice this as you're going about your walk i would recommend practicing it in the mirror a little bit but you're just gonna you're, as you're going about your day as you're walking as you're seeing different people you can just practice doing this and and so it's 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 a smile it's a, a little bit of a head nod and it is an eyebrow flash and you're going to see you're going to start looking for people who smile back at you people who nod to you and these are people that are very easy to then go over and do the next thing and by the way you don't have to get these signals in order to go up to somebody it can be useful though if you're 
let's say you're not having a good morning or you're not having a good day so far and you really just want to have a, an, an easy time knowing who already kind of likes you and just be like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to talk to a friend right now. Well, this, these are friend signals that they're giving you if they smile back, if they nod back to you. This is what friends naturally do. So you're just sort of short circuiting it by leading by eye pinging around and seeing, okay, who, who's like interested in, in holding eye contact with me? So as I'm going about my day, as strangers are walking by, I'm just kind of nodding, I'm having a good time. And if somebody, if somebody makes eye contact with me, I'm gonna hold it, I'm gonna do a nod, an eyebrow flash, and then you know either they're gonna engage or they're not. So you can practice that piece. So, so you're gonna go out, you're gonna make eye contact, you're gonna practice smiling and the eyebrow flash. And the next thing that you're gonna start doing is practicing greeting people. And what I would say to practice greeting people is just practice making observations about them. Now, if you really need to get started small, you can just start by saying, hey, hi, howdy, how's your day? These are all pretty much rhetorical uh, statements or questions where some people will respond, some won't. They're usually just gonna give you a one word answer and it's gonna be, and the conversation is going to move on. And if that's where you need to start, that's fine. And, and be happy with that and just say, okay, cool. Like I'm getting some responses now. Imagine how much greater it's going to be once I'm even more comfortable, being more natural, being more casual with my conversations. So number two is going to be making an observation about them or coming up with a compliment or even just asking them a question to begin the conversation. So I can give you a couple of examples of things that I've done in the last week or so that have helped me begin conversations with people. And by the way, I've been a lot less social with people, generally speaking, in the last couple of years because of this than I have been, I mean, certainly a number of years ago. So it's kind of like I'm relearning. I I have all my back. My, my old experience, but I'm still like dusting off the wheels again. So it's been fun where I get to do a lot of these challenges and relearn or or re-examine from a new lens the, the things that, you know, I'm coaching guys with and, and helping them with. So um, understand we're all in this together. And, and if you are at one point social and, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle because of the last year, we've all been there. We're there. We're going through it. And you could get on the other side too. So uh, a couple different examples. So let's say it's just making an observation. It doesn't have to be clever. It doesn't have to be interesting. It, it, it can help, but it's not a big deal. As you're going about your day, just notice what you're noticing. Just just be observant. You get to just start being observant of like, what do you appreciate about, appreciate about other people? So to give you a couple examples about things that I appreciate it, some of these move over into the compliment range. Oftentimes they do for me uh, because I'm noticing not just observations, but what I'm appreciating. Now, a uh, uh, a pure observation I made was I was on a hike. There was a guy taking a, a photo of uh, um, out in nature and I heard a bird calling. And so I just began the conversation with him by saying, oh, are, are you making, uh, are you taking photos of, of the bird? And, and then he responded back saying no or something like that. And that was, you know, a successful beginning of a conversation. He said he couldn't find the bird and that was it. Now I was in line at Starbucks and First, and there were two different situations that happened. First, there was a the barista, and um, she had these earrings on that were really unique. So as as I'm ordering my drink, I I said to her, "Your your earrings are really unique. What's going on there?" And and she showed me them, and they're like these Spider Man earrings. And so I I briefly was just like, "Oh wow, that's really cool." And and that was it. And she was excited to show tell me a little bit about her Spider Man stuff successful beginning of a conversation, right? So you can always do these things a little bit every single day. Now, at the same time, there was another lady in line. She's an older lady, but as I was standing in line and taking inventory of kind of everybody everybody else there, 
her hair was just like immaculately put together. Um, Tahoe, where I live, it's a lake town. It's not necessarily the, the place known for everyone having their hair perfect at every time, but hers was. I was just like, wow, that is really well, you know, put together hair. So um, she orders her coffee and and to be honest, I was a little bit in my head. So this stuff happens to everyone. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe I'll begin a conversation with her. Maybe I won't. But I began the conversation with the Star Starbucks barista. That kind of got me in a little bit more of a social state. Then I went over to this lady as I was leaving and I said, hey, excuse me, I just had to tell you on my way out. I, I just noticed your hair and it looks absolutely fabulous. And this lady, she, she, I don't know, she's in her 40s, maybe 50s. She just said this very loud, wow, thank you. Just just so loud, so happy that, I mean, everybody else in the Starbucks heard. It, it, what, one thing that's really valuable about everything that we're, that this, this practice that I'm talking about is, is helping you with is it's helping you just become a little bit more social, practicing that. And the way you do it is it's useful to be as social with as many people as makes sense for you and to not discriminate on, oh, is she the type of woman that I'm interested in? Oh, she's too old. She's too young. She's too too shapely in, in some way or another. Uh, and then also to just say, you know what? Who cares if it's even a woman? Like, why not just talk to guys too? Because all of this is helping you build that conversational muscle. It's helping you start remembering, okay, strangers aren't that bad. Because then when you go up to that girl that you already are a little bit more interested in because she's she's your type, she's pretty in whatever way, your, your brain's starting making stories about other things. Well, you already have all these other reference experiences to fall on of how a conversation's supposed to go or how it's gone for you that it's going to be less intimidating. You sort of have this fallback for yourself when you're in that moment, when you maybe are a little bit more nervous because she is your type, let's say. So anyhow, I, I begin this conversation with her. She has a, a big, very positive response. Now everybody in the place gets the sense, oh, he's a social person. And this would make it easier for me to go up to any other person that I wanted in that Starbucks if I wanted to, because everybody else was already interested in me. And actually, as I'm remembering now, once I made that comment on the, the girl's earrings, another barista began a conversation with me because I had an interesting um I had an interesting piece of wood in my hands and they're like, what are you using that for? And so then I got to, to begin a conversation about how I was creating a green screen, um, which I think you've seen on one video now, uh, uh, that I was using for for giving dating advice. And uh, so so it just began another interesting conversation. And all this was because I was sort of giving these friendly signals to people by being friendly. So you can start practicing that yourself. So number one is an observation. Number two is a compliment, which we started going into already. And so a compliment is just making an observation about some something that you recognize as interesting about the person. What is going to be a useful compliment is one that it looks like that they weren't born with. It's not genetic, but something that they actually put some time, effort, or energy into. So if I told the lady I, look, I like the color of her hair, that might have worked. Um, it would have worked better if she had like had a different color in it. Um, you know, actually, I did compliment a woman where she had, you know, uh, she had like this dual hair where once I was black, once I was white. And so for her, because it was a choice, because she she constantly chose those colors, that compliment went a long way for her. Um, so I just said, wow, I 
really appreciate the hair. And, uh, and she said, wow, thank you. And then, and then I asked like a follow-up question about how much time does it take to do your hair like that? And, and she said a little bit more about it because I've talked, I've spoken with enough women who have dyed their hair and, and people have dyed their hair that I'm aware it's not a simple process. So letting them like uh, get some compliments towards things that they put time into and that look good on them is going to make them naturally appreciate you more and then be more open to having a longer conversation with you. So um, compliment is the, the second thing. Now, other things you can compliment. You can say, wow, I, I really enjoy your boots. I like how your boots match your handbag. Um, uh, you have just a really good presence and energy to you. You, you. There's all these things that you can say. If they're wearing some sort of cool shirt or unique shirt or something that stands out, notice what you notice. And then the next thing you can start asking yourself, and you don't have to do it right away, but it's useful to start asking is, first notice what you notice. And you can always compliment a woman on that. After you start noticing what you notice, you can ask yourself, it doesn't have to be in the moment if you're beginning a conversation with a woman, but you can ask yourself later, why did that stand out to me? Because once you start recognizing why something stands out to you, you can bring that into your conversation and use that as a, as a way of grounding your compliment. So when you ground a compliment, it makes more sense. It, it brings a little bit more sincerity to why you're giving this compliment rather than just saying, I like those boots. Let's say you really are a boot aficionado. Then you could say, I, I like those boots. You know, I uh, I can really appreciate them because I recognize the style or whatever. I'm not a boots guy. I, maybe I should have used that as an example, but I am a hair guy, right? So I, I really appreciate hair and I've had my hair long before. So sometimes I'll, I'll say to a woman, wow, I, I really appreciate your hair. And they're like, oh, wow, thank you. And then if I want, I can follow it up by saying, yeah, you know, uh, you pulled off way better than me at one point in time. I had my hair, believe it or not, down to my shoulders. I couldn't pull it off. It was way too much work. So every so when I see you and the way you're pulling it off, I mean, I, I just want to let you know, I, I really do appreciate it. And then I'm going to get an even bigger appreciation from her because she realizes that the, the comment that I'm making, the compliment, it's not like it's just something I'm just throwing out there. It's it, there, There's a real reason behind it. So that's um, So that's how you can go down the compliment route. Now, another way of doing an observation route, by the way, so there, there's been like, um, I'll, I'll just be in a conversation with anybody and, and I'll be very, I'll be very non, um, non-confrontational, non-intimidating you know, about it. So like I've seen like uh, there, there's a family where the kid is jumping down a flight of stairs. And then as he was coming coming towards me, I was like, cool jump, bro. And, uh, and, and then the dad heard me and was just like, all right, you know, because it was fun. I was just being animated and silly and playful. And, and I do find that kids, animals, things like this can help people really get out of their, uh, get out of their own way when you realize how oftentimes these kids are just like chilling. They're having a good time. They're just being fun and silly. So the, the more you can begin to just break out of your, your old way of doing things where maybe you're just kind of like, you know, tunnel vision going about your day, not really paying attention to all the opportunities you have to make conversations with people, all the ways you can just acknowledge and appreciate someone for where they're at, the more it's going to help you get to where you want to get with your dating life and really having the social life of your own. So so, uh, so we have compliment, we have observation. Now, the last one is just to ask a question. So you could be somewhere and just say, hey, do, do you know what time this place closes? There was a, a girl at my rock climbing gym and um, I, I wanted to begin a conversation with her. I really just wanted to begin a conversation with a lot of people. And one common way I do it, uh, whether it's you know this specific girl or, or other things, is by asking somebody for a little bit of advice. So for her, it was my first or second day at this rock climbing gym. And I said, hey, 
I, I could use some help. How do I, how do I like start on these things? Do I need to be, because I saw these different rock climbers taking on different stances and then she went over and kind of showed me how to do it. And we had a very brief conversation, but it, it just began the the relationship, the conversation between us. And this is one of those places I'm going to go to more than once. So presumably I'll, I'll see her again. Um, but I've done this also with guys and things like that, asking them for different advice. Or I saw a guy climbing the bouldering thing and, um, and, and the bouldering is like a uh, a bunch of little rock pieces on a wall that people climb up. And uh, and I, I said, wow, that was really cool what you just did. So tell me, how long did it take you to learn that? And then we had a brief conversation about his advice to a newbie like me. And the cool thing about that is people feel good when they get to be the expert, when they get to advise you on something. So you're 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 actually allowing them to, to feel good about themselves as you are practicing getting a little bit more social. Now, the next piece of this, as you're getting more comfortable beginning conversations with people in what feels like a more organic and natural way for you is to extend these conversations. So what I noticed is a lot of times people, they get comfortable beginning conversations, but then they get really intimidated when they have to like switch into, oh, we're gonna talk for a while mode. So what's useful to do here is when you sense that you get an okay response from the person that you're talking to, and they don't seem like they're in a rush somewhere or doing something, what you can do is you can just stay there. You can just stay wherever you're beginning the conversation with them and just continue the conversation. And this is gonna, what, what this is gonna do, and I'm not even gonna give a ton of advice on what to say just yet. Uh, what, what it's gonna continue, what it's gonna allow you to do though is get used to being with somebody in the same way that at making eye contact and holding eye contact gets you used to holding eye contact. It's just staying with somebody, a stranger, somebody you don't know very well and prolonging the interaction is going to get you more comfortable in longer interactions with people. And this is really useful because there will come times where you meet a girl out, uh, whether it's at night, whether it's during the day and she doesn't have anything going on. And you have, you have a few options. Like you could get her phone number and set up a date later. But if she likes you, if things are going well, if she doesn't have anything going on at that moment, you could propose a coffee date. You could propose going and grabbing a drink at a bar, getting food, going for a walk in the park. You can propose doing something with her rather than just getting the number and going. And so the more comfortable you start getting with, with staying in conversations, the more likely you will in situations later on. So you can just stay a little bit. And the, the two things you get to start practicing are asking questions, uh, getting to know people in that way. And then two, beginning to make things playful. So I've got a podcast episode on how to be playful. I believe that's episode four, Flirt Like a Pro. And um, I've got episodes on questions you can ask. But to give you an example of some questions you can ask to get going, some things that I like to ask to set the baseline for rapport and then get us um, knowing that, and then get a sense of who this person is and seeing if there's a likelihood that we can begin a deeper connection is asking them, um, so do you live here or are you a local or how long have you lived here? And, and the, the value of asking that question is I live in a, a town where there are tourists that come and go during different parts of the year. And I've lived in tourist towns before. And the, the value of that is you establish, I establish that I'm a local. And then I get to find out if they are. Because if they're not a local, it's cool. I can still have a conversation with them. But I'm not really, 
I can I can practice really freely, but I'm not really trying to make things go any further because they're they're not the the person that I need to connect with long term, right? So I can understand. Oh, okay, got it. So that, that's cool. But you know, if it was a girl you really liked uh, and she wasn't from around there, well, you'd probably want to you'd probably want to you know make a move sooner than say, oh, well, let me get her phone number or something like that. Or if you're me. I don't even get somebody's number or contact information if it's a brief encounter with them and they're a local person or there's a, a possibility I'll bump into them again. And the reason for that is I feel like if I don't have the rapport there, all that's really going to happen is I'm going to get a phone number or or their, you know, their face their Facebook or social media and it's not really going to go somewhere. I, I can potentially put them on social media and they'll see different posts I'm doing and maybe they'll think I'm interesting and want to hang out. But I'd rather we just build a true organic, natural connection and then decide what we're going to do together. And that just comes by instances of seeing each other and d d establishing depth of connection. There is a value in seeing somebody multiple times. This sets up the mere exposure effect where Essentially, the idea behind it is if people see you enough times and you haven't murdered them yet, they're like, yeah, I, I kind of like this person and, and that they're more likely to like you. So the more times somebody sees you and ideally in different contexts, the more they're going to be like, OK, well, I mean, it seems like we really do get along. We share similar values. We just sort of naturally show up in different places. And now when you say, hey, let's hang out, it's going to be much more natural. It's going to be a lot more easy because you guys already have these these reference experiences to draw on and, and you guys can set up something for the future together. So, so anyhow, asking these questions. Uh, so, and, and then also asking if you're new to being social, this is the way that I have in the last couple of weeks really got my own social stuff going again is as I'm meeting people, if they are local and they do seem like an interesting person, I also say to them, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm just getting out here and really beginning to socialize again. What I'd love to know, where are some like good spots that locals go, you know, that are really good and social that you would recommend. And then I'm getting advice from them on places that I can possibly go. I I've done this with, um, First, the yoga class that I was in, I met I met somebody there who brought me to a bar and, and then I was like, okay, so locals go to this bar. And then I met the bartender there and asked the bartender the same question. I said, hey, I'm just trying to get you know social again. Where do people go around here? And then the bartender gave me a list of other bars. Then I went to another bar and I said to her, and I said to the bartender there, hey, that other bartender told me to go here. You know, I'm here. And then she even recommended some other bars for me. And so... Over So what I'm doing is, one, I'm getting myself on a lot of people's radar. A lot of people are getting a sense of who I am. And I'm just getting a sense of the different places to go. So this gets into part number two. Now, the, the final step of learning to, of practicing the social element is would, would be actually practicing getting people's contact information, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, some way that's on social media, or their phone number. It's my preferred method. And... I believe I've done episodes on how to actually go from zero to a date, but if I haven't, I'll do one in the future on that. Um, that's not really what the intention is for this episode, but that would be the next step. And an easy way to do that is to, to say, hey, I'm really enjoying uh, the conversation that we're having so far. How would you like to hang out sometime? Would you be up for hanging out some other time? And if they say yes, cool, 
then you exchange phone numbers and you continue the messaging on text. Ideally, while you're still there together in person, you set up a date or dis discuss what you're gonna do next. And, and you can really put it in stone in person. Lots of benefits to this where you get to you get to assess their 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 body language, their facial expressions, their tonality to see if that's something that they really wanna do or if they're just kind of agreeing because it's the polite thing to do. And you can find a thing that you guys actually wanna do together and you can do it you know, relatively easily. So number two is finding your own social spots. So these are your social watering holes and this takes a little bit of trial and error. You're gonna to go to a place and you can go to the place for a little bit and get a sense of, is this a place that I want to continue going to? So in my own town, I have now tried out three different gyms. I've checked out even a couple more and I've, I've gotten a sense of, okay, well, you know, this is how I can socialize at this gym. This gym's a little bit less social, but it has some things that I like to do. This gym's very social. And from that, I can get a sense of, okay, well, what's my likelihood of meeting people? And I'll give each a little bit of time and I'm willing to have multiple gym memberships at the same time to do it. Now, another way of being social is to get a sense of different bars that I like to go to. And, and I'm not a big bar person anymore. I do enjoy the dynamics of them. I don't really like to drink though, but I will go on maybe a Friday or Saturday night because that's where, that's where people might be on a Friday or Saturday night. And so I'm just like, okay, well, let's go where the action is. Maybe I'll have one drink, two drinks to, you know, for the, the sake of being in the bar and, and doing that thing. But I've done that and had some success getting to meet new people. So it's all about just beginning to learn where are your places and then where are the places you want to start going back to. And as you're there, you can just begin these mini conversations with people. And at some point in the conversation, you get to introduce yourself. You get to say, you know, oh, sir, do you live here? And they say, yeah. You say, oh, cool. Well, hey, my name is, you say your name and uh, uh, you say, well, hey, I'll let you get back to whatever you're doing, but um, it was really cool meeting you. And that's all you really have to say. You can just have a quick conversation. You make an observation, ask a question, maybe have another couple questions. Ideally, you can start learning how to be playful and practicing that. And then when you feel like the, the conversation is naturally winding down or you, know, you interrupt them while they're doing something or they're between doing things, then you can allow them to go back to the thing that they're doing. So the, the, the idea is here though, start taking into account what is something you can do daily? What's things you can do weekly? What are things that you can do on a monthly basis that can begin building, evolving, expanding this social network that you have? And one thing that I do recommend for guys, and I know this took... This is really hard for me in the beginning, but it's really important to be aware of is it's really easy for guys and I'm sure women too, but guys are more who I've spoken to on this stuff. It's really easy for guys to get in their head about money and to say, oh, well, it's expensive to, to join a couple of gyms. Oh, it's expensive to go out to get coffee when I can just brew it myself. I'm saving a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. Well, how much is your social life worth, right? So I look at this as the social tax. I remember my one of my first dating coaches, he said to me, he said, you just need to get used to the fact that you're going to spend some money. Some of it's going to be well spent. Some of it's not. That's how it goes. And at the time, I didn't fully appreciate it, but now I do. Now I understand you just need to set aside some money that is your social amount you're willing to spend in the month, in a day, whatever it is, and just say, okay, this is my social, my this is what I'm willing to pay in order to develop and have a social life, in order to have a really cool social life. And then 
you may say, okay, well, I don't need to keep going to that gym. It, it hasn't really panned out the way I wanted to, or I already made enough friends there, or I'm making just so many more friends at this other thing that that gym isn't what I need anymore. But it really is about being willing to put in a little bit of money in different ways in order to see what works for yourself and in order to really have a, a social life that's going to suit you well. So if there's an event in your town, if there are classes that you want to take, I've met some really cool people by taking a holistic health class, by taking salsa classes, by taking these different classes where I had to pay for them, but I met people with similar values to me and, and that was well worth the cost of admission. So you can start, if you start looking at money more as just a way of giving you what you want for your life, it's gonna help you out a lot. Okay, now the other thing about having these different social places you go is start keeping track of the people. And the way I do this is I have a note in my phone where I have the, the places people have recommended for me. And then I have the names of the people that I've met. And next to their name, I'll put like a little bit of info about what we talked about, what they've already told me about themselves. And this is just a way of me being able to keep track of all the different people I'm meeting. So when I do go into a gym that I've been in before and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a bunch of people from this gym that I've met already. I can, I can take a quick review of my note and be like, okay, there's, you know, there's Jim, there's this person, there's that person. And, and I can go in. And then when I, when I just say, Hey, you know, Hey Jim, how's it going? It's going to bring up a lot for them. They're going to be happy because I remember their name. Odds are they probably want to remember mine and I'm not going to make that a big deal. It's very common for people not to remember your name, but then I'll remind them of it. And then they're more likely to remember because they're like, wow, he remembered my name. Not only that, then you can ask that question like, so how was that? You know, whatever the thing is that you guys were talking about, whatever they brought up about themselves. And now they're going to be like, wow, this guy like, he, he he understands me. He's he's interesting. He he gets me a little bit. You can you can even bring back old callback jokes. So uh, a great thing that can really help bring rapport to the the foreground is when you meet somebody. If you just reference something that you guys were talking about last time, that was really funny or really fun. And so if you go into a place that you've already been. Uh, whether it's with a girl or a guy, or even if it's on a first date, let's say, but you've been you've been um, having some jokes over messaging and and now you're going on to the date, one easy way to begin setting the date up in a way that it's going to help, uh, that it's going to succeed, one easy way of setting any of these social interactions up again, so you don't have to really start from ground zero and be like, what are we going to talk about, is to bring up something that's already had a, a positive impact before. Because then it's just, it, it's almost like you're just resetting things in a good way. It's like, oh yeah, we're, we're now we're just starting back where we left off, basically. And then you can bring the conversation from there. So that's the way that I would recommend approaching your own development in this social stuff. Now, the way in any of these that you could begin hanging out with these people in, all, in other atmospheres is one, by asking them other places that they like to go and things they like to do. And then if you do start noticing a sense of rapport, you can just say, hey, how would you feel about us doing that sometime together? And now you guys are doing another thing together. So so those are steps one and step two. Now, step three is one of the most important that I don't see a lot of people doing, and that is to actually reflect on what is going on with your interactions so you can take a look at what's working, what's not working, what do I need to improve? And let's keep in mind a couple ideas while we're taking a look at that. So number one, 
there's really no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. There's going to be a lot of opportunities in these different uh, in these different exercises where it can feel a little uncomfortable. It can be awkward. You might say something that wasn't quite what we call calibrated. I mean, it wasn't quite right for the the conversation. I I still do it all the time. Now, oftentimes, any one little mistake isn't going to break make or break the interaction. In fact, interestingly, when you make little mistakes here and there it's endearing. She's like, okay, he's not just some sort of suave, you know, knows everything that he's doing. It's endearing because you're coming across as a human, but you probably want to minimize those because there's going to be plenty of mistakes you're going to do. So always take inventory. Okay. Well, what did I do that? You know, I wish I'd done a little bit different. For instance, for me, one thing that I'm taking uh, account on is I'm like, Hey, you know, I've been, I've been a little too serious in my conversations, in my interviews and things like that lately. How can I make them more playful? And now I'm beginning to experiment with new ways of being more playful. And it'll take a little bit and then I'll probably actually overshoot it. So I'll probably be a little more silly than than I have been before, like to an extent where I'm like, oh, okay, I got to peel a little bit back. But but then I know how far to go, right? So, so we're we're always making these mistakes. You you might realize, oh, I overstayed my welcome. I I, I stayed a little bit too longer, and things got uncomfortable. I didn't leave on the high note I had hoped. Okay, well, you can do it next time. So, what's useful is to just say, okay, well, that's feedback. Now I know what I can improve. And one thing I like to remind guys, especially if they're getting in their head about how things went and they start going in like this all or nothing idea of, oh my God, I messed that up. I, you know, the world's over. I'm never going to get a chance again. That's never the case. If, if you were able to succeed with a pretty girl once, it can happen again. In fact, the, the only thing that we know now, it's not that you're incapable of working with pretty women. It's that you're fully capable of getting to that point in an interaction with a pretty woman. So all that that means is this is the first time that you've gotten this far and things can only get better as long as you keep doing this and developing and refining yourself. So you, like, you don't have failures. You just get the opportunity to improve yourself. And if you start thinking about it that way, I think it's really going to help you a lot. So what you can do to really help yourself in this is to tape edit. This is a um, this is a strategy that a lot of successful people have where when they do something and it's imperfect, what they actually do is they go back to the event and they remember it in their mind and they they keep replaying it in their mind the way like until they get it right, until they until they think in their mind, OK, that's the way that I wish that it went. And then they replay it a couple times and say, okay, is there anything else I would have done differently or whatever? And once they have it right, or as close to right as they can get, we're, we're, ta- we're taking guesses sometimes, then they say, all right, well, cool. Now I, now I know what to do. So now they've had, they've had that one instance in real life of things not working out quite the way they want it. They've now replayed many different iterations of what could have been different in their mind. And, and these are all new instances that have gotten imprinted on their mind. And then they've replayed the one that they think would have been the most likely to go well several more times. So now their brain has more history of what the successful thing would have been to do than the unsuccessful thing was that happened. And that's gonna really help you because now as you go into the next time and the next time, you are going to more likely do the the thing that you want to do. And eventually you'll get very good at this. You'll be, it'll be like real time. You'll notice, you'll catch yourself in the act of about to do the thing that you don't want to do. And and you'll, you'll catch yourself 
and you'll do the thing that you'd prefer to do. And, and so this is just something that I've noticed for myself over the years. I remember there'd be times where I would, where the, right as the sentence left my lips, I, or first I wasn't even aware, right? I wasn't aware when I made a mistake in a, in a conversation, uh, a mistake, so to speak, but uh, basically an uncalibrated statement or joke or whatever it was. I, I used to say a lot of jokes that, that didn't go well. Um, and, and interestingly, I can't remember most of them now because I, I'm not really trying to dwell on the, the, the failures. I'm trying to focus on what did work, right? So I used to say a lot of things that didn't work. And, and at first I wasn't aware. Then I would say them, be very aware that it didn't work and just be like, ah, oh, yeah, crap, right? And, and then I would get to a point where I would be saying it. And as I was saying it, I was like, this isn't right. And then I would have time to actually sort of tweak what I was saying or say something after to, to make it not as weird. Then I would start noticing myself thinking what I was about to say and be like, oh, I don't want to say that. And, and catch myself before I said it so I, can, I could come up with something new to say. And eventually I would just come up with a thing that was better to say and never even think of, you know, that initial thing. Because I, I was so used to, to at that point, realizing, oh, that's that's not really the most useful thing to bring up right now. So it, it's it's a it's a process, but you can get better with this. So just appreciate this. This is a process. You're improving. And again, you do not need to be perfect in any single way to 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 make this work for you. It's amazing how many of these dating shows I watch, how many of these reality shows, these different things where I'm just like, oh, oh, he did that and and it, and it worked or and, and it, it worked. Things still went fine in spite of it. Again, it can be endearing when you're a little clunky, when you're a little clumsy, when you say something a little bit dumb. It, it doesn't all have to be perfect. But the more you can kind of patch up the holes, the, the better it's going to be for you, generally speaking. So tape editing is going to be your your uh, your little magic uh, potion after the, the effect or after the fact to, to improve things. And when I first got started, I wouldn't encourage somebody to do this because it, it's a lot. But when I first got started, what I would do is I would actually sit down and type out exactly what happened in the entire interaction of any interactions I had that day that seemed significant to me. I would say, you know, this is how I began the conversation. This is what I noticed. This is what I noticed she did. Uh, I mean, typing the thing out, sometimes it would take two hours to write a five minute, about a five minute interaction because so many things had happened. And while I wouldn't recommend many people do that, it was because it, I just don't know that it's time um, it, it's useful from a time perspective versus just this tape editing process. It did help me get very tuned in to social awareness when at one point in time, I was a pretty unaware person with a lot of these social elements. So if I could do it, you can do it. It's, it's just about trying things. And if I had had this as my sort of starting point, it would have saved me a lot of time. Now, final piece is Remember everything that you're doing today and the next day and the next day to develop yourself is really about building this future self, this, this self that is who you want to be down the road. I know, and I think I've said it before, every time that I went out to, to a club or saw a girl, I mean, there were times that I would be nervous and I wouldn't begin a conversation, right? But there are a lot of times where what would go on in my head is I would say, all right, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I'm nervous as heck right now. But if this same situation came up in six months where there was that type of girl over there that I wanted to talk to, 
I would not want to be experiencing what I'm feeling right now. I would not want to be experiencing this insecurity, these nerves, this anxiousness. So I would go up to her and, and say, I don't care if it works today. I don't care if she likes me. I don't care if things work out for me today here. What I care is I get some feedback from this and I'll know better what to do six months from now. Six months from now, if I were in the same situation, there won't be a doubt in my mind of what to do were the situation to come up. And I can say that's largely how my experience is now interacting with people. Yes, I'm a little bit rusty. Yes, some of my skills aren't quite there because it's been a couple it's been a couple of years where I haven't been nearly as social as I used to be because of this whole lockdown thing. But because of all that reference experience, it's really easy for me to to reflect on and then to be like, "Oh, okay, that's that's what I need to improve on. Oh, that's why, you know, I was a little clunky there. That's what I can improve on." And you can do the same thing and eventually you'll be there too for yourself. And I mean, it can go really well for you. Like you can have a good time with this. And I know I had many opportunities to to date a girl where we could have just been in a relationship within the first few months of me beginning to learn these things. And I had these girls who wanted me to be their boyfriend and things like that. And had I been at a different place, had I had my, my act a little bit more together, I probably would have. But you know, that just wasn't what I was looking for at the time. So I truly believe just beginning and following this can get you on the road to getting that dating life that you've really wanted, having that social life, having more friends in your life that you really want, and um, just and eventually having a, a great girlfriend and relationship if that's what you're ready for. And if you're not, that's that's okay. We're all on our journeys, right? So that's it for right now. Number one, start getting out there. Start small, little bit every day, even if it's just something as simple as going to the grocery store, talking to the cashier talking to the coffee shop person. Uh, I mean, those are the two most simplest that I can imagine people always doing, but if you can think of something else that really fits your life, do that. Uh, next is to start finding those social social places that you can go and start reliably you know, getting some friends, getting familiar more with other people. And then number three is to reflect on what isn't working for you and, and then reflect on how you would like to do things differently so you can start having that dating life that, uh, that you're always looking for. And of course, if you want a little bit more support on this, this all makes a lot of sense to you, feel free to go into the description for this podcast episode and click chrisharterdatingcoach.com slash chat or just type that in whatever browser that you use and you and I can get on a, on a phone call somewhere between 30 minutes or so where I'll find out what's going on with you. We'll see what sort of breakthroughs I can give you in that time and it, it's completely free. So looking forward to your success and until next time, keep having fun out there and realize you know this is a a marathon, not a sprint. And if I could do it, so could you. So until next time, my name is Chris Harders. This is Men's Modern Dating Secrets.